You know, I don't know any of us that look forward to those mountains and troubled seas, but sometimes it takes those things to bring to get, as they would say in the army, to get our mind right, <laughs> to get our spirit right, to get our heart right. Would every eye look at me for just a moment? You're carrying a load. You're fighting a fight. And I shared with you a few weeks ago from Galatians, if you remember chapter 6 about not growing weary. For in due season you'll reap. But there was a condition to that. If you faint not. Remember this, it was the challenge was don't grow weary. In doing good. Don't grow weary doing the right thing. That was the challenge. The promise was for in due season you'll reap. That's the promise. But the condition was if you faint not or if you don't lose heart. And I want to encourage you tonight. In fact, if you have your Bible, would you turn to Jonah chapter 2? And we're going to. Be reminded of that growing weary and our soul fainting. And to set the stage, we know that in Jonah chapter 1, the Spirit of the Lord came into Jonah and he said, Go into Nineveh, that great city, for their wickedness has come up before me and bid unto it what I tell you to speak. Jonah, what did he do? Went the opposite way. So he's in disobedience and he's running from God. Gets on that ship bound for Tarshish. Winds up in the belly of the ship. A great wind, a great storm comes. All of the people up deck on top deck are wondering what the heck's going on. Captain goes down, wakes up Jonah. Finds out that he said, you better pray to your God. Maybe your God will answer. The truth comes out that all of this is happening because of Jonah, because they cast lots. And they did what your friends will do in troubled times. They, they chunked him overboard. They threw him over. Gave him up to the storm and whatever else was there. And the Lord had prepared a big old fish. We don't know if it's a whale or not, but it's been taught that way. It just says a great fish, something about like Mandy Coleman would like to catch down on Toledo or something, you know. <laughs> but he had prepared this great fish, and he swallowed up Jonah. And we pick up in chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the floods surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me even to my soul. 
The deep closed around me. Weeds were wrapped around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. Yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. And when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you in your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercies, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Then we know that in chapter 3, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to him again, told him the same thing he told him once before, go to Nineveh, he does. That's another sermon in and of itself. You need to go on and read chapter 3. I think some of you will find something in there that you possibly don't know. God changed his mind. But what I want to talk to you about tonight is when my soul fainted within me. You don't have to raise your hand, but has your soul ever fainted within you? I looked up the word soul. I mean, there's all kind of soul in there, soul food, soul music, soul. But soul is regarded as the spiritual part of a man. So what he's saying is when my spirit man grew faint, weak, weary, tired, wrung out, wore out. Sounds like people living in the 21st century, century doing 900 miles an hour, doesn't it? We get entangled with the cares of life and like the proverbial saying of the dog chasing his tail. We run into and fro like madmen. The word said that in the last days men would be running to and fro like madmen. And if that's not a picture of America today, I don't really know what it is. There's just not enough of us to spread around, to be everywhere, doing everything we need to be doing and for everyone that we need to be doing. But all we can do is our best. And, but I want to talk to you tonight for just a moment that when your soul, your spirit man, grows faint, grows weary. Let's learn something from Jonah. And the first thing we see is in verse 7 where he says, I remembered the Lord. When you remember the Lord, when you think about the Lord, what is it that you think about? What is it that you remember? We remember, yes, his love, his grace, his power, his forgiveness, his mercy, his strength, his wisdom. We begin to remember all of the essence of who he is. And I assure you, when we remember the essence of who he is, not just what he does or can do, but when we, when we remember the Lord, the one that was the lamb to be slain before the foundations of the world, when we remember the Lord, the one that so loved us that he laid down his life for us, when we remember the Lord, that bore stripes on his back for our healing. When we remember the Lord and we see how he did miracle after miracle after miracle from raising the dead to multiplying the fish and the loaves to, to healing leprosy. And the list goes on and on. When we begin to remember the Lord and his faithfulness and his goodness, which endures forever, when we begin to remember him, 
There's hope because he's a God of hope. In fact, Scripture says, hope thou in God because anything and everyone else is subject to fail you, but he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never fail you. I'll go with you all the way to the very ends of time. Remember the Lord in the middle of the battle and that you're facing right now. Remember the Lord right now when you're tired and weak and worn out. In fact, Ronnie and us were talking in the office before we came out here tonight about praise and how sometimes we don't even feel like praising God. And some of you in here tonight probably don't feel like it. You're tired. You're wore out physically and spiritually. But that's why God included into his holy word it says, Bring sacrifices of praise to me. When you don't feel like it, praise me anyway because he's worthy of praise. And he inhabits the praise of his people. And you can't be in his presence. You can't be in his habitation and not experience the fullness of joy. You can't be in the presence of holy God and not recognize the essence of who he is. Secondly, we see in verse 2 where he says, I cried unto the Lord out of the belly of Sheol, out of the belly of hell. He repented is basically what happened. When you're going through this stuff, listen, do you know that each and every day, do you know that preachers don't sin and make mistakes? Did you know that? Where do you go from there? <laughs> now, the truth of the matter is this. Each and every one of us should repent every day, multiple times a day. Not necessarily always for the sins that we commit, but it's the sins of omission, sins that we don't do the things that we know we should do. And sometimes we may have offended someone and not even known it. That's why we need to pray, Lord, Forgive me of and name the sins that you can think of and then say, Lord, for those that I don't even know, forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness because we all need to be forgiven. We all need to repent just like Jonah. Even in the hell that you're living in, especially in the hell that you're living in. Repentance. Thirdly, I love this part. He cried out to the Lord because of his affliction. Sometimes there it takes a mountain, don't it, Skeeter? Sometimes it takes an affliction. Sometimes it takes a catastrophe. Sometimes it takes you needing a miracle to get you to cry out and call out to God. I hope that it doesn't take that to get us to that point, but sometimes it does. So we cried out because of his affliction, and then it says, and he answered me. And he answered me. Listen, God will not turn a deaf ear unto his people. You've heard me say before, and true it is, there's two things that stop the Lord in his tracks. 
That's the cry of the desperate. Blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Stopped him in his tracks. The touch of the sincere. That woman with the issue of blood, she just believed with everything she was and had, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. If you're sincere, if you're desperate, you cry out unto him, you've got his attention. He stands up in heaven and he says, yes, what do you need? Now, you may not always get the answer you want, but you've got his attention and he will intervene and he will come and he'll make a way where there seems to be no way. He'll make a way out of your, temp- your temptations, your trials, your struggles. He'll give you wisdom in good times when you don't know how to handle the success that he's given you. Did you know that success can become a problem? Case in point, look at the, look at the, the athletes that have become millionaires overnight only to wind up because of their success being their demise. God wants to bless his children, but as your spirit man grows. See, he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. What? Even as your soul, which is what? Your spirit man. That's what we started out talking about. Even as your soul, your spirit man prospers and grows. See, he wants that spirit man to grow so he can bestow blessings upon you that won't become a curse to you because your spirit man is spiritually mature and he won't let that blessing become a curse to his life. It's that simple. You want to be blessed? Get your spirit man to grow. How do you do that? The Word of God. Start with the Word. Get in his presence. Learn to worship. Learn to praise in good times and in bad. Learn to trust him. How can you do that? By his word. I've said so many times before, and there are no shortcuts. I don't claim to know a whole lot, but this much I do know. Scripture says this, that faith comes by hearing the word. You can pray for more faith. You can ask for more faith. You can sing for more faith. You can seek more faith, but faith will not come if you don't get in the word. That's why the devil tries so hard to when you go to read the word, to get sleepy or God forbid the cell phone ring or Glenda break a plate in the kitchen or something. Let me move on. But he will hear your cry. He answered me. And he's no respecter of persons. He will hear your cry and he will answer you. The timing of God is perfect. It may not be your timing, but the timing of God will never be late. He's an on-time God. And he'll do the right thing every time in every circumstance. Then fourthly, in verse 9, we see where he says, With the voice of thanksgiving, I will pay what I have vowed. Did you know the word says it's better to have never made a vow to God than to have made one and broken it? You better start meaning what you say to God. You better quit 
trying to use him as a fix-it God or a Santa Claus God, and you better begin to learn to worship him as the God of the universe, the holy Alpha and Omega, the one and the only. Lastly, and I'll close in verse 10. When we do those steps, we see where the Lord caused that fish to vomit him up on dry ground. It's an answer. Deliverance. Remember what I just said about that vow? If you'll keep reading, you'll see where he winds up where he should have been in the first place down there in Tarsus. Don't you be breaking your vows to God. Whatever you tell him, you better live up to it. Listen, folks. I'm not here to fuss at you, but I am here to tell you this. He's a righteous God. He's a just God. Now, he is a merciful God, and he is a loving God. But I want you to know something. He ain't your patsy. He ain't for you to try to play him. He's for you to worship him and to obey him and to do what he says. And when you do, you can watch him show up and show out in your circumstance and in your life and in your situation like no one else can. So let's learn something from Jonah tonight. When our soul, our spirit man, feels faint, weak, to follow the steps that he did and get back in the game, get back in the race, go on and accomplish what the Lord has called for you to do and give him all the glory for it and all the praise. Would you bow your head? And I'm going to ask very simply and very quickly, if you're a Jonah in the sense that you run in from God, You're not in a relationship with God, and tonight you need to run to Him and to ask for His forgiveness. And to be in that right relationship with Him. Only you know where you stand with God. I'm not here to judge you, but I'm here to give you a simple opportunity to make things right with Him. If that's you, could I see your hand? Anyone, anywhere? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Anyone else, quickly slip it right up, slip it right back down. Thank you, sir. Perhaps you're here tonight and you say, Dennis, I love the Lord. I'm saved. I'm living right. I'm on my way to heaven. But my soul, my spirit, man, is faint. It's weak. Could I see your hand? Yes, yes. Get it up. Hold it up here real quick. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody else? Real quickly. Yes, yes. All right, slip it back down. The Lord said, Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take this yoke on you and learn of me, for he's meek and lowly. I want you to know that it's not so much what we accomplish in our fleshly man that matters. It's what we accomplish in our spirit man. Everything other than our spiritual man involves wood, hay, and stubble. 
But the spirit man deals with eternity. I must ask again real quickly, if you're here tonight and you're not in that right relationship with the Lord and you didn't raise your hand a minute ago, before I go any further, I want to give you one more chance to say, Dennis, that's me. Anyone else that's like that? Slip it up, slip it up. Thank you, sir. Look up here at me, please. Sometimes this seems like an oversimplification, but it's the simple truth of God. It says that if we come to Jesus, confess our sin, believe that he's the son of God that died in our place, didn't stay dead, walked out of a grave, he's alive today, seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us, coming back to earth someday to get us. Word simply says if we believe that in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, then we're saved. Now, that's just the beginning of a journey. And we'll talk more about that later. But with that information, let's bow your head and I'm going to lead us in a prayer. God knows your heart. And if you mean this, your sins are about to be cleansed and you're about to be in a right relationship with the Lord. Say, Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. And I'm sorry for my sin. I do believe you're God's son that came to earth to die a death you didn't deserve. To give me a gift I don't deserve. I believe you walked out of a grave. That you have the keys to death, hell, and the grave in your hand. So I ask you now, to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me with your blood, to come into my life and to be my Savior and my Lord. Help me, Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit to learn your voice, to learn your word, to learn how I should live. Form in me your convictions of do's and don'ts because you're the one that I'm going to try to please. With your help, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, you saw all the other hands that went up in this place of those that are in right relationship with you, but that their spirit man is weak and weary and tired. I pray, God, that you would help them to find time to shut themselves away with you and to seek your face and to hide themselves in the cleft of the rock and that they would immerse themselves in your word and that God, that you would raise them up, mighty men and women for the kingdom, that they will be a threat to the devil and the forces of evil. God, use each and every one of us to bring glory to your name. Teach us, God how we should live. Show us how we should walk. Forgive us our sins, Lord. Bind us together in love. Help us to lay aside complacency or apathy or any form of religion and walk only in relationship with you. For it's in the name of Jesus I ask it and believe you to complete it in our lives. In Jesus' name.